0: We are talking about this year of 2018. And those of you, if you have been searching the net, you have been trying to listen to the prophets, those well known prophets, what are they saying about this year? And I have staff members who sent me what they have got. And I am absolutely amazed that everything that we said here is what has been spoken by those prophets, you know, like Bill Hammond and others uh, uh, who are speaking for this year of 2018. So you can see that the Spirit of God is speaking. And when we are tune, in tune with with the Spirit of God, we are hearing the same thing. So 2018 is a new season. It is not the normal, you know, pastors who come every new year, they say, this is a new season. It's not that kind. But rather, 2018 is a very important turning point, a new season that God wants to bring upon this earth. And it will continue, you know, into the, into the future, into the years to come, until this season Is over. You know, we are well ahead of what God is doing in terms of the coming of the kingdom, establishing the kingdom, because that is the coming season. But at the same time, there are certain infrastructure that we need to build in order this thing can happen. So we are actually ahead and yet at the same time, we have to catch up. You know, the things that we have not been building into our lives, into this church, we have to build them in order for us to be able to enter and take possession of the inheritance that God has given to us. So God has been speaking to us about rising up to to fight because the enemies are occupying those inheritance. If we are not willing to face the battle, it's unpleasant. It could be very uh, 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 painful. But if you you refuse to fight those battles, you will not be able to rise to the next level and to lay hold of the things that God has for us. So we... We know that whatever the battle may be, however difficult it is, God is with us. The enemies will not have victory over us, because these are conditioned training ground given uh, by God to us to equip us, to cause us to rise up. So God will not allow us to face a battle that we cannot win, that we will be defeated. He will not allow it. But the process, we may suffer some defeat through the process, but it is a training ground for us to rise to the next level, for us to be equipped, for us to develop our life in order to be able to lay hold of the inheritance. You know, God will do everything anything to make sure we have victory. He will open the Red Sea if He needs to. You know, he will send the 10 plates you know, to destroy the enemy to ensure our victory. He will even stop the earth you know, from rotating, stop the sun so that Joshua have victory. He will even come down himself if there is no other solution. He come down himself to give us that victory. So God would do anything to ensure our victory. So we know, we are sure that we are victorious. But the thing is, we got to be responsible for our victory. we got to build up, develop our life so that we can shoulder, we can inherit what God has for us. So when Jesus came to this world, that is God coming down himself. That is God coming to give us a victory. So can you see that, that assurance of victory? So now, we have to catch up. We have to build up our life. We have to be responsible for our victory. So the enemy is no match for us. But the enemy is cunning. Now remember, if you face a stronger enemy, you don't go force by force to challenge them, because you'll be defeated, you are weaker. So the enemy is cunning. He designed design schemes for us to be trapped, to be ensnared, and he can have victory that way. So, uh, the word of God in 2 Corinthians 2, 2, Corinthians 2, verse 11, verse 11. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Okay, so the enemy designs schemes. So if we are ignorant, we are not aware, then what happens? We fall into it and then we will be defeated because we are ignorant. That's why we have to be responsible for our victory. We shouldn't, we needn't be defeated because God has given us a victory. We talked about it just now. But we can be defeated if we are not responsible to develop ourselves. So it says we are not ignorant. We don't want to be ignorant of what the devil are doing in our life, in our environment. So last week, we shared about one of his schemes to trap us. That is to offenses. So we mentioned that to be offended, that's normal. We live in this world. But when we hold on to the offense, which happens all the time, now most of the problems in church are because of offense. Every division, every conflict, every uh, sort of a, uh, uh, disunity that we are not going to move together, I'm going to have my. is all because of offense. So can you see the enemy is at work? And he can, despite the fact that God protects us and so on, he can come in if we let him, if we open doors for him to come in. He can. And he is looking for ways to come in. That's why he designed schemes in order to come in. Once we took offense, bitter roots begin to grow inside us. We mentioned bitter roots. It's not obvious at first Some. You know, some plants, they grow very fast, right? They'll get overnight you see them shooting out. But other plants, you don't see anything. But it's there. It's there. So bitter roots is like that. You know, some of us, we are Dao type of people, you know, you know. So immediately you can see the, the, the thing. But there are others you cannot see anything, but it's there. It's growing. It's getting worse. It's growing by the day. And it's just waiting for time to explode. And we must take note of offenses. Right? So last week we learned, in order to deal with offenses, we need the grace of God. And God has made available His grace. Remember, He will never allow us to fight a battle that we cannot win. He will never take us into a battle that we are not ready. We learned that from the life of the Israelites. Okay, so God has made available grace for every one of us to to tap into so that we can face the offense, we can face the difficulties and come out a better person, a greater person in triumph. Okay, but that is how we fight with the grace of God. We need the grace of God. And we talk about the anointing of grace upon our lips. Wow. That's a powerful revelation you know concerning our words, our tongues. many times our tongues are not anointed, so the words come out brings death, the words come out cut, the words come out destroyed, right but we need to be anointed by the grace of God in our tongue, so that it brings forth grace, it brings forth life, you know it brings forth peace, it brings forth love, and it brings forth restoration okay but how do we actually deal with offense? Since we know this is the trap, the snares of the enemy, but how do we actually deal with offense? A lot of times we deal with it in avoidance because we know it's unpleasant. We try to avoid it, we try to run away from it, and that's why a lot of people decided that they will quit, they will run off. Okay? But that is not a good way of dealing with offenses. okay? Because, remember, it is training ground. God is looking at our long-term development, a long-term benefit to prepare us for the greater things to come. So if we run off, we are running away from our inheritance rather than running towards it. Joseph, he has to face the offense of his brother. And he went through suffering. And if he did not face those offenses and and deal with it and go through it, he will never be the prime minister of Egypt. So sometimes God has to take us through that kind of, 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 of training. Oh, tough, very tough. And it can last a long time in Joseph's case. But yet he came out entering into his destiny, into the inheritance that God has given to him, to be a ruler over his brothers and even over his mother and father. Wow. So you see, God will take us through. So how do we deal with offenses? We have to confront uh, the offense. Okay, We have to confront. It. In Matthew 18, verse 15, Matthew 18, verse 15. It says, "If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over." So, if you have taken offense, the offense will not go away. Over time, it will not go away. You know, but we are are talking primarily of offenses between brothers. Within the family, within the house of God, within the church. Okay, If it's somebody whom you don't know who happened to offend you, you, know, you can let those things go because you will never have anything dealing with them and they, they won't come into your life anyway. But in the case of your brothers, you cannot cut your brothers off. In the case of your spiritual family, you cannot cut it off. Right? You have to deal with it. Some people, you know, they are so angry, they cannot uh, see eye to eye. But I wonder when we get to heaven, what happened? Are we going to leave heaven because so-and-so is there and so I don't want to go to heaven? We can't. Right? It's our family. So we got to deal with them. So, so we are talking. That's why Jesus said, If your brother... If your brother sinned against you, he's not, not talking about outsiders. Outsiders is easy, we just forget about it and we have nothing to do with them, you know, because they're outsiders. But we're dealing with people who are related to us, people who are dear to us, people who are, you know, close to us. In Christ, they may not be personally close, but they are in the family of God. So how do we deal with that kind of offense? So the first thing when we confirm, we deal. We need to deal with the issue. We cannot avoid. You know, some people, they don't want to go into those issues. They just want to brush it off and say, okay, you know, let's move on. No, it will will not benefit you, it will not benefit the person. So Jesus said, when your brother offend you, you go to tell him his fault. That means you raise the issue. Okay, you deal with what happened, not just brush it aside. Because the process is important. The process is building you. It's helping you to go to the next level. It's not a problem that is too important. The problem just brings to the surface the things that we need to deal. And sometimes in dealing, in bringing out the problem, we are actually dealing with a lot of other deeper issues that hinder us, that the enemy has, has bind us in. You understand? So that's why the issue may not be the issue. The issue is just to spark it off. And so when you deal with the issue, God will begin to lead and deal with the deeper thing so that you can be free. Right? It's the truth that will set you free. So if we avoid, try to avoid, and don't want to know the truth, you will never be set free. But when you are aware of the truth, the truth will set you free. Okay, so the first thing when we confront, we have to talk about the issue, right? because the person may not know it, doesn't know about his fault. The person may deliberately do it because of another offense or whatever, you know, but whatever it is, when we confront, we have to deal with issue so uh so if we do not deal with the issue, we do not want to confront. Uh, we allow bitter roots to, to stay inside us even though we deny their, their presence. You know, we become very skeptical. We, we lose motivation uh, in, in, let's say, in partnership with the person or serving in the church uh, with the person. We become very passive, uh, just maintain a very superficial status quo kind of relationship. That's, that's, that's what happened. So can you see the, the snare of the enemy is already working when we are, we are not dealing with it in, in the right way. The second thing that we deal with, first thing is the issue that arises. Secondly, is the attitude of the person. ourselves maybe, or the other party. The Bible says, uh, Jesus said, if he listens to you. If. So it's dealing with the attitude of the person, okay, so we are confronting uh, uh when the person's attitude character is okay, the person will allow will want to go through it if not, they would not listen okay so uh and allow the emotion to take over you know some people they just. They just don't think anymore. It's an emotion that controls them, that dominate what they are doing, dominate what they are thinking, how they see things. You know, your emotion is not supposed to see things. God has created eyes for that. Your emotion is only reacting, feeling, right? What's happening. But your eyes has got to see the truth. Okay, so uh, let's move a little bit deeper, talking about... Confrontation for personal offenses. So when we uh, deal with offenses, the purpose is for us to open up our hearts. If we do not open up our hearts, if we are hardened, that means we already fall into the snares of the devil. We already fall into his schemes. Right? So confrontation actually is for us to open our hearts, and that in that way, the bitter root, if it's there, can be pulled out, because the bitter root is in our heart, It's hidden, right? But when we open our hearts, that's, we're opening ourselves for healing. We're opening ourselves uh, for for deliverance from the schemes of the devil. Second Corinthians six, verse eleven. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak to you as my children. Open wide your hearts also. So the Corinthian church, they enter into some conflicts with the apostle Paul. And it was so bad, it was so hurting that Paul has to leave that place in order to, to avoid even worse conflicts and hurts and so on. Okay. And so Paul is confronting them through letters. Okay, that's another way we may need to confront to email to letters because face-to-face may be too painful uh, uh, at that stage. So Paul, while he was away, he was writing to them and telling them what's happening. And and, and Paul sensed that these people, their hearts are closed. They are hardened. So when you confront and the opposite party is not opening up their hearts, you get no way. Okay, you get nowhere. So Paul is saying, appealing to them and say, "Hey, we are so open to you. We we love you. The reason why I confront you is because you are my children. We love you. We're not holding our love and affection from you. So sometimes we don't want to confer, uh, confront is because of fear, fear of rejection." Fear of being hurt and all kinds of fears are there. But in confrontation we have to put aside all those fears and come with an open heart. You know, when we come with an open heart, you know, we will be able to listen to what people say. We will be able to receive correction if we need to. You know, we we, we just want the truth. Not avoiding, not running away from the truth. We just want the truth because we want to be set free. So that's the implication of coming with an open heart. So when we come with an open heart, when we come and confront, uh, Ephesians four twenty-five has this to say. He said, "Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body." you cannot be filled with fear in your heart and be able to totally open your heart and speak truthfully. Okay, so perfect love casts out fear. My love for the other person is stronger than the fear that I have. Do you know, this is very real. I understand what it means to have fear and yet Wanting to confront because there is a deeper love for the other person. I remember one particular person that I had to deal with, you know, and there was so much fear, you know, in my heart. So much fear. And exactly, I cannot have a face to face confrontation. I just cannot because there's just too much fear. But yet in my heart I'm thinking if I do not deal and confront you with this situation or with what has been happening no one else in the world will do it to you. So you will continue to make the same mistake, same mistake and history will repeat itself either this place or that place or the other place wherever you go. I know that. So there is fear but yet there is love, and I got to allow that love to surface and overcome my fear. Remember, perfect love casts out all fear. Oh, it's with tears, with prayer, with you know, sleepless night, just waiting on the Lord, writing that letter. It's not so much for revenge. It's not so much to justify. It's not so much to say how 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 wrong uh, uh, the person is or how right we are. No, it's nothing like that. It's an opener. Wanting some good to come out for that person so that the person can be blessed, can move on to the next level. And it's with fear and trembling. And I wrote the letter. After much deliberation and finding the right time to pass the letter to that person, and then I run off because there's so much fear. But I leave the room for communication. You know, when I come back, right? Let's 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 talk. So I understand what it means to 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 be filled with fear, and how do we confront? Paul was facing a lot of suffering. How, do he, how, how could he confront them? He cannot go back and talk to them because it's just, it just chaotic. So he has to write, write the letter with an open heart. But it doesn't mean that when you do that, you're going to get the right response. That's beside the point. You have to do your part. I have to do my part. Whether the person responds and reacts well or not, I have to leave it to God. So Paul is saying in this verse, he said, for we are all members of one body. Jesus said, your brother sinned against you. He's related to you. He's in relationship with you. Here Paul says, we are all members of one body. So we don't want to have that kind of falsehood, uh, you know, the superficial kind of relationship. But inside there are bitter roots. You know, the enemy is doing the work and we are saying we love God, we serve God. We don't want that because we are members of one body. So I'm doing it, we are doing it for what? To maintain unity in the body. We are doing it so that the person get blessed, the person get built up because he's our brother, he's our family members. So the goal of confrontation is to bring about growth in our life, bring about healing, bring about restoration. So, uh, of course, as I say, whether we can reach a goal depends on the person that we are confronting, we are dealing with. Okay, so what happened when I'm confronting the person in a private confrontation? It fails. What do I do now? Let's continue with the word of Jesus. Matthew 18, verse 16. And 17. Just now we read verse 15. Verse 16. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church, and if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. You see, as far as Jesus is concerned, the offence, the confrontation, there got to be a closure to the matter. If you you see a lot of time we, we deal with problem halfway. And then we back off, oh, oh, you know. Uh, so we, we, we just forget about the whole thing, you know. So really, we have not resolved the problem. But the way Jesus taught, he didn't let go. He didn't say, "Oh, you have done your job." You know, this is what we say to people: "Oh, you have done your job. You have told the person. The person doesn't listen. Never mind. It's his problem." Have you done that? We say that, right? But Jesus didn't let go. He said, "Hey, if the person didn't listen, what do you do now?" You bring witnesses. You establish the truth. You go into details. You call witnesses. You establish the truth. Why Jesus keep talking about this? Because the truth will set you free. That's why it's important to establish the truth. Go into details. This is what we hate. This is what we don't want because it's too messy too troublesome. But we have to establish the truth. So Jesus wants us to bring closure. Whether the closure is good or bad, but there got to be closure. Because if there is no closure to the offense, the enemies will continue to have opportunity to come in in that situation and bring about damage. So the reason why we go through this process, why we confront, is so that we will not fall into the schemes of the devil. So there got to be closure. As I say, good or bad. Closure. Okay? So, so when we cannot resolve it, we have to bring it to others. We need mediator. We need leaders. We need mature people. People who know how to handle, uh, how, to be, uh, how to deal with this kind of situation. We need to bring it before them so that they will help to mediate and resolve the problem and bring closure to the problem. So when people come to us with their problem and they tell us, hey, you know, I, I got this uh, offense and this conflict and, and can you help? How do we? What kind of people are we to be? We got to be peacemaker. That's our goal, right? We got to be peacemaker. So, what kind of qualities? Uh, how 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 do we go about this? Okay, let's let's look at. Uh, uh, I just read it to you. Save time. Uh, Matthew 5 9, bless the other peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. So, as children of God, we are peacemakers. You know, whenever people ask us to solve problems, we are not there to add fuel to the fire. You know, I know that person is like this, blah, 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 blah. You know, so don't bother about them. So, you know, sometimes we, 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 we behave like that. But we are to be peacemakers. Okay, but James, I want to go back to James. Last year we talked about some of these verses, but now I'm going to rephrase it to you. I hope it brings some enlightenment to you about what the verse means. James 3, verse 14. It says, But if you harbor bitter envy, bitter, harbor bitter envy, okay, how do I paraphrase it? You think the guys get off for free, and you are suffering for the, their problem. Bitter envy. There's such a bitterness inside, and you, oh, you, you, you feel so justified. You know, you think the person get off for free, so you want revenge. You want justice. Do you understand? Bitter envy. Because the person cannot get scot-free after what he has done. So I must deal with it. You know? So that kind of expression, bitter envy. And then it says, and selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. Now I look at the thing from my personal benefit, personal uh, point of view. How, how I suffer loss or how, whether I get benefit from it. Remember when we are confronting, we are thinking about the other person's benefit, we are thinking about the benefit of the church, we are thinking about the big picture. But here we are thinking about personal offenses against me, me. Okay, and then he says, do not boast about it. It means do not keep defending yourself. You know, Because in this kind of situation, we want to say how right we are. Do not boast about it. Do not keep defending yourself. This is my paraphrase. Or, the next thing, deny the truth. In other words, face the truth. Do not evade. Do not run away. Do not deny the truth. That's why Jesus said, you go and find witnesses. You, you establish the fact. You, you want to establish the truth. Because the truth has set you free. So do not deny the truth. And then it continues. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven but its earthly and spiritual and of the devil. You see, the devil has come in already. It's of the devil. The schemes of the enemy is working in this kind of situation. And then, the next thing, verse 16. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder, division, conflict, rebellions, and every evil practice, slander, murder, there's no fear of God in their heart in what they do, what they say. All kinds of evil. Can you see the consequences of falling into the snare, the, 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 uh, the schemes of the devil, the damage it brings. Can you see when we fall into the schemes of the devil, the floodgates of evil is open. Think about that. The floodgates of evil is open. Every kind of Uh, 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 evil practice. So that's why sometimes we are so shocked, you know, how can the person be like that, you know, uh, talk like that, act like that, and uh, wow, how can, because the floodgates of evil has been opened, you fall into the schemes of the devil. I remember I have to face someone, and then I say to the person, because the way the person talked I have to Talk to that person. Supposedly Christians and have been members for some time uh, in our church. I say, now, I'm not talking to a Christian person here. I tell the person. Okay, let's deal with this as you want. I'm not talking to a Christian person here. Because the floodgates of evil has been opened. The person falls into Satan's schemes and and the person wants to destroy, regardless, whatever the price, the person wants to destroy the church of Jesus Christ. So I say, I'm not dealing with a Christian. I told the person. So, so isn't it amazing? They could be so nice. They could even give gifts to you. They'll tell you how, you how you bless them through a message and so on. But then, You see the evil that is on their, uh, 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 through their behavior. It's shocking. It's shocking. That's exactly what's happening here, what the Bible describes. You know why? What's the problem? Offense. Offense. Bitterer. That wants to defile many. Okay? So that's why we need the grace of God. I mentioned last week, if you don't have the grace of God, you, you become the ugliest person ever on earth. And that's what it is. Ugliest person. To you, nothing will stop you. You're there to just carry out the devil's schemes. You're just like the devil. You become his instrument, his tools. Okay, so, so take note of this. Right? Because this is what the enemy is doing. In different degrees, various degrees. Just because it's not so severe, it doesn't mean that It doesn't matter because there's an undercurrent that is stopping, uh, hindering, obstructing what God wants to do. So that's why we got to pull out that bitter root. We cannot allow it to grow. We cannot allow it to just simmer underneath the ground and and, and just working there in our hearts. We cannot. We got to deal with it. That's why Jesus said there must be closure. You cannot just leave it hang there because it will work. It will bring damage. So, this is why it's important we thing. important we not Okay, but if people are coming to us and they want help, what kind of role, what qualities do we have in order to be able to, to be that kind of mediator in that situation? The next verse tells us, James 3:17. 17. Verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, Then, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise the harvest of righteousness. So, we as peacemakers, and we should always be peacemakers, what qualities do we have? First of all, pure. We are not biased. Uh, 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 or any other motive in our hearts. Pure. Then peace-loving. We want to see healing come, salvation come, unity come, reconciliation come, restoration come. This is what we want to see. Consider it. Consider it. We know how to put ourselves in other people's shoes. Right? Submissive. We recognize this authority. And we may not be able to have our way sometimes, but we know what we need to do to submit, full of mercy and good for impartial and sincere. You see, the qualities of a peacemaker that we need to nurture and cultivate so that we can help to resolve uh, this uh, offense and conflicts. Okay? When your heart is not pure, you don't see things correct, you don't deal with it correctly. That is the beginning point. I know, I know, and I, I can tell you a lot of stories, you know, the, because these things are so common. You know, some people go to some one person, and the person's heart is not pure. So the person deliberately go about to create problems rather than bring solution, because the heart is not pure. So we've got to be careful, you know, whether our heart is pure or not. Yeah, so that we can bring about righteousness. Okay, so it's, one thing is very important that we we need to be considerate. We need to have empathy. We need to be able to step in other people's shoes. Otherwise, it's it's hard to to solve the problem because we are looking at it from our angle, and uh, we we do not know how the other person is suffering, going through that kind of situation. So we need to have that kind of feeling but at the meantime we need to know what God wants to do. Okay? So we cannot be emotional. Just because somebody cried before you shed some tears or then your heart gets softened and then you go with in the direction and I lead you, you know, to Tim Part 2. No, you cannot. Right? We have compassion, but yet we need to know the truth. We need to establish the truth. Okay, what does it mean? Does it mean that You know, I just listen, I just listen, I just listen, I just listen. I am neutral. Some people are very good at saying that I am neutral. Can you be neutral? Neutral to what? Right? You cannot be, eventually you have to make a decision, but your decision is made because the truth has been established. So you stand on the truth because the truth has been established. Remember, Jesus, when He talks about the, your brother offend you, if he doesn't listen, you go to the elders. You, you know, if, the, if he doesn't listen to the elders, take it before the church. If the church, uh, if he still doesn't listen, then you cut him off. You see, you already make a decision. You already stand on the truth and say, hey, this is an unteachable person who doesn't want to know the truth and so on, so we have nothing to do with him. So you cannot say, hey, I'm neutral, I'm neutral. I listen, I listen, I listen, I listen. You are just a garbage collector. You are supposed to be a peacemaker. You are supposed to bring about healing and reconciliation. Right. So we... And when we make a decision that goes against the other person, it doesn't mean that we are biased. So the person, the offended person will always say that they will attack you. Remember, they will attack you and say, you know, that person, well, because you incite the other person. They will talk like that. But remember, we go through the process. We call in the witnesses. We establish the truth. So when we have the truth, we can make right judgment. Isn't that so? But when you haven't go through the process, you don't want to talk about it, you 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 want to shortcut everything, and then you want to make a decision, you make the wrong decision. And you didn't go through the process, and life is not being built. Things that is not right has not been pulled out. And you just whitewash the whole thing. Okay, so when we have to make a judgment, we have to stand on one side. Right? The judge has to say guilty or not guilty. You cannot say, I don't know. Right? You have been listening to the truth. You have been calling witnesses. You have been establishing facts. You have to give the verdict. So the verdict may go against the person or for the person, but it's based on truth. Truth. Okay? So can you see? Confrontation, it takes time. There is a process, and it's important. The process is important. Not the result. The result is just natural. But the process is important. It's in the process we grow. In the process we learn what is the truth. In the process, God is building us to be that great person that He wants us to be. It's true that process. The result is because of the process. It just comes. Okay, so uh, I'm hanging there. It's not too much, but then I feel that I've spoken quite a lot. Okay, I think it's enough, isn't it? It's enough. I'll see how it goes uh, next week. Okay, let's let's allow the word of God to to enlighten us, to teach us, because this problem will always be around when men are around, when they are living soul around. We will have this problem all the time. And so Satan is watching all the time to want to see whether there's opportunity to come in. But we are not unaware of his schemes. Can you say that? We are not unaware of his schemes. Okay, so let's be careful so that we will not fall into the snares, the schemes of the devil. Right? He's working. We still don't know. We're still so ignorant. You know, so we are destroyed. So we don't want to be ignorant over this matter. We we want to be on the alert, and know this is what He wants. He wants to bring out but division, destruction, uh, hinder us from moving together. And so we know that. Uh, but we want to uh, deal with the problem so that we are benefited from all this thing. Okay? And we grow and become the person that God wants us to be. Shall we stand to our feet?